This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hey there. We at Blue Wire wanted to thank you for your continued support of this podcast. With over 90 podcasts across our network, we are committed to bringing you great content to fill that sport-shaped hole in your heart. To find more Blue Wire pods, search for us on iTunes or check out bluewirepods.com. And remember, one day sports will return and it will be glorious. Thanks for listening. On to the show. Hail cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating Podcast. The brand of this used to be the Always Cheating Fantasy Podcast, but now it is, is fantasy without fantasy, like the old Garfield without Garfield comic. <laughs> My yeah. name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I'm doing all right, all things considered, Josh. And uh, you messaged me earlier today saying, what the heck are we going to talk about? Like, <laughs> we're scraping the bottom of the barrel of podcast yeah. content right now. Yeah. Just yeah. like desperately missing the Premier League, desperately missing sports. Our, our friend James was uh, re-watching live Live, you can't rewatch something live. He was rewatching the Juventus uh, Fulham round of sixteen uh, second leg, and like this, this is what it's come to: like watching Europa round of sixteen matches just to get our fix. Yeah. So we didn't know what we were going to talk about. So how did we? How did we actually come to the theme of today's episode? <laughs> Uh, well, we came to the theme, it was, it was, well, how did we, I don't know. Is there, is there, is there an actual answer here? How do we come to this theme? We just, uh, <laughs> do, do we come to the theme or does the theme come to us? Yeah. Uh, basically what happened was we didn't know what to talk about, put the call out on our Slack and on Twitter by the grace of God, we got a couple of interesting questions from right. some of our Patreon supporters and listeners. So we decided to have this, a brief little football mailbag for this episode. So the theme is a little wide ranging. It's just some random questions from our beloved listeners, and we're going to do our best to answer them. Yeah, the mailbag, the classic uh, cop out for all podcasters and columnists uh, the world over. Uh, yeah, but we've got, we actually have some pretty interesting questions here, some questions about the end of 
you know, what's what's going to happen with FPL? Uh, questions about um, what's going to happen with this season? Uh, questions about who uh, would play like who would play best in empty stadium, uh, which I think is an interesting question. Who's the most handsome player in a mask? Brendan, these are important questions, all of which we're going to answer on today's podcast. But first, Brandon, how actually are you? Are you doing good? Are you uh, are you, are you surviving um, the quarantine? I feel like I talk to you like every day somehow. <laughs> yeah, there are there are ways in which self isolation has made me like more social than ever. Like so, non social isolation. There are those days where you go into work, you come home, you're you're beat, and you just sit in front of the couch. Now it's like a prescripted Zoom call with a friend every day, and um, <laughs> yeah, there's just yeah. and that's good, you know that that keeps the um, that keeps the blood moving, the sort of the spirit alive, and and I'm all for it. But the the way I hacked quarantine this week was my wife and I both bought bikes, so we don't own a car, and we've kind of been quarantined not within our apartment, within our neighborhood, like as far as we can walk. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got bikes as a way to release us from like the square mile that we live in. So I've got a sunburn right now on my arms. We took a, like a, um, five mile ride up to Greenpoint and Brooklyn had a great time, enjoyed the sunny weather that this weekend brought he- us here in, in New York. So if you are looking for a way to get out of a rut, a bike ride is my tip of the week. That is not bad. That yeah, I like that. Um, we have been. We actually did get. We bought a car, which is kind of a rare thing for for a family in New York, or for uh, maybe for a family less so. Which I guess is kind of why we got it. But we. Um, but so, so kind of for anybody in New York to have a car is kind of rare. And we bought it last fall. I think mainly because I was jealous of all the other parents in my daughter's daycare that have cars. And jealousy has always been a gigantic motivator for me uh, in, in all things. Uh-huh. Uh, and so we, I finally persuaded my wife uh, over the course of like a year uh, to get one. We got it in November. And um, yeah, I mean, had I known – well, yeah, I mean, I, you know, had I known uh, that a pandemic was coming, I certainly would have would have fought even harder for uh, – you know, I'm glad that we have one now. I'll say that much. And so it's um, – yeah. It was yeah, like we, buying Mo Salah at the start of the uh, yes, 2018-19 season. It's a much more creative way to say <laughs> what I was trying to say. Uh, but I feel good that we got in early. And so uh, we've been exploring like, like you know, it's a long island. You know, Brooklyn is on this island. And when you look at it on a map, especially if you don't live in New York, um, you know, certainly when I was growing up in the Midwest, I think of Long Island as like Brooklyn, Queens, and then like a town or two. You know, and then yeah. and then it's like and then you're like in the Hamptons, you know, and it's actually gigantic. It's like this gigantic, super long uh, hours and hours and hours, you know, like you could drive uh, to drive from one end to the other is like you know several hours. Um, and so we've been kind of going deeper and deeper into Long Island on the weekends, just trying to find anywhere new, you know, like anywhere that like 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 my daughter can run around um, and uh, and like you know burn a little energy off. So uh, so that's what that's what we've been doing on the weekends, and and you know it was super warm this weekend, and so it's kind of like you know we're, we're, this is we're entering week eight of the shelter and home mm-hmm. here in New York, and um, I was telling you of sort of you know we're all holding on as long as we can, you know, and I think, uh, especially, you know, we're, you and I are both pretty lucky, obviously we talk about this every week, but it's, it's worth reiterating. Um, but you can feel it's like, you know, I was saying it's like, it's like a hard boiled egg that you've dropped on the ground, you know, mm-hmm. like social, social doesn't, it hasn't shattered exactly, but like everything is like, 
you know, everything is like, like just starting to come apart, starting to flake off a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. slowly. And uh, you just, it feels like the whole thing is about to just like come off entirely. Um, and uh, we'll see how much longer, uh, you know, things can hold out because when it's, when it's 80 and 80 and sunny on a Sunday um, yeah. and you know, New Yorkers don't really have backyards. They don't have pools. Um, they don't have cars in most cases. It's, you know, it's going to be tricky. And um, you know, and so, um, but obviously people know why we're, we're staying in. So anyway, uh, I don't want to like, I feel like I'm just going to talk myself into like, you know, politically correct circles I, here. I, but it's, I love it's, the, it's, it's uh, all the, all the New York talk is like, we're, um, standup comedians who have a like hyper regional routine and we're now doing <laughs> right. it like in South Africa or something like that. Everyone's <laughs> like Long Island. All right. It's a bit strange. <laughs> so, I know. All right. Let's, yeah. let's shift back. Let's shift gears back to our football mailbag. But first let's touch upon our Patreon. Of course, a reminder to all of our Patreon supporters, our payments are suspended. They were suspended in April with no football in May. They're suspended again. This is just a way of saying you do not have to stop being a supporter of our podcast. Um, it is of no cost to you. We don't want to lose our supporters just because the world has gone topsy-turvy and money might be tight. So um, stay with us. We're happy you're here. And if you're interested in finding out ways that you, a non-Patreon supporter, might be able to support Josh yeah. and I during this period, just visit patreon.com slash always cheating. Yeah. And thank you to Kerry uh, uh, Swanson in particular, uh, as Patreon sent us a really nice note this week and, and like a little thank you. And um, Richard Harwood, a few people have, have reached out in the last few days just to just to say some nice things. And, um, you know, it's just been, uh, you know. Very nice, you know, just very, very heartening that people are still um, listening to the podcast. And in fact, I was sort of having a day where I was like, I don't even know if we should do this. And um, and I think we we may come to a point soon where we just take like a two week break just to like recharge the batteries a little bit. And like, you know, hopefully then we may have the Bundesliga, you know, or uh, or more news in the Premier League. Maybe you know, maybe the, the you know, we'll have like a you know preview to discuss. I mean, that would be amazing. Um, Mm -hmm. and so, you know, that, that may happen, but just the fact that people are continuing to listen, uh, continue to write us nice notes, um, you know, um, Tom Campbell sent us a nice note too. You know, it just makes it, um, it, it, it's motivated me, uh, to keep doing these podcasts every week, even if, um, you know, obviously like there's no, there's, you know, this is a fantasy sports podcast. And so I completely understand if people are are not listening, uh, but a lot of people still are, which is awesome. And, um, so we want to keep, you know, um, even just you and I just talking about, you know, driving a car in Long Island, which is going to be the most boring thing we ever talked about in here. But like, it's, you know, at least it's, uh, you know, we're, yeah. we're, we're, we're trying to, you know, keep the, the flame alive uh, when it comes to uh, the Premier League and, and even the fantasy game a little bit too. Jealousy is a huge motivating factor for you and shame is probably the greatest motivating factor for me. So <laughs> getting messages from the listeners, knowing that they're actually out there watching me, um, I am liable to continue podcasting just out of shame. So, you do uh, it yourself if you had to. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. fair. <laughs> All right. So let's take a break and we're going to get back. Uh, we're going to get right into it this week. Uh, football mailbag coming up in just a moment. All right, Brandon, we're back. Vinyl Richie kicks things off. He says it may be time to think FPL again. Next deadline is the Game Week 37 deadline before the Game Week 38 deadline next Game Week, which is potentially the last deadline of the season. How are you approaching this with little to no info from FPL HQ? All right. So 
I honestly didn't even know there was Deadlands coming out. That's how checked out I am right now. What's going on with the, with the with the current game? So, are you have you been making transfers? Have you thought about FPL? Do you have any thoughts on on what might happen to the game over the next few weeks? I have not been making transfers. No, I mean initially when the game, the FPL game, was paused. There was all all the scuttlebutt was, oh, if you make a transfer, you might have a, a dip in rank by a hundred. Yeah. And I was kind of like in tune with that. I was like, all right, I'm not gonna make a transfer because I'm just gonna hold on to whatever mm-hmm. rank yeah, I have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then a couple weeks passed and then people started talking about that and they just started stopped stopped talking about transfers altogether. And yeah. it's been totally out of my mind. And I am certainly from the perspective of um, it's pointless. And mm-hmm. I genuinely believe if this season comes back in the form of FPL, we will be granted a wild card chip to start afresh with however FPL begins again, if it is for this season. I don't agree with the idea that you have to have positioned your current FPL team where it should be to for for whatever the end of the season is going to be i think right. you will have that opportunity with a wild card issued by fpl i mean that's ba- that's based on nothing i obviously don't know anyone at fpl hq but i think there yeah. is a precedent for them issuing an emergency wild card and that's going to happen yeah i i think you're right and uh, you know i guess there's sort of two questions here one is uh will fpl come back um at all and uh i think i'm I'm leaning towards no uh unfortunately and uh, we did talk several weeks ago on the podcast about you know what 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 happens if fpl gets canceled what are you what are we going to do in your own mini leagues and i think the conclusion we came to which i think has become more relevant as you know we enter like the second great depression <laughs> uh you know and oh, i mean hopefully not but it's certainly look, looking that way over the next few months um that we're just going to um carry it all over right all of the, all the cash leagues that, that we're in at least personally it's like just mm-hmm. just carry that money over everybody gets gets to start fresh that next year and they're in a cash league and they don't have to put any of their own money you know uh i mean i put in several hundred this year you know and so i'll be happy to not spend that uh, next year to enter a bunch of different leagues um and so i think that, that that's kind of where we're leaning personally and it really does stink for the people who are in first or second or third place or whatever whatever the money spots were, but there's just really, there's really just no, um, it's just, you know, we're not, we're not dealing in a normal circumstance here. This is not normal. None of it is normal. None of it is, uh, yeah. is, uh, you know, is you can't think like, like it's a normal situation where fairness is deserves got nothing to do with it. Brandon, my favorite quote, you know, it's, yeah, uh, it's a fantastic line from unforgiven. So I have actually been listening to the radio five, six Oh six, podcast this is live call in radio in england this is more hyper regional um conversation for you this time for yeah. english listeners but you know they've they're talking there exclusively about what is the best way to end if the premier league doesn't come back to finish the season what's the most fair way to end the season so fpl is a totally frivolous uh thing that doesn't matter and i'm with you josh hey. like just <laughs> It's fun. <laughs> yeah, frivolous. You can be. You can hold two ideas at the same time. It's frivolous right. and it's fun. I don't know. Okay. Um, it's also very not frivolous. But um, how do you 
how do you see the Premier League squaring everything away if they were to just put an end to the season? Do you think they how do how would they do promotion relegation and crown a league champion and do the um, yeah. Champions League spots? Well, you know, I'll tie it in with a question that came uh, that came a little further down because it does it ties in so well with this. And um, Kendo on Twitter asked our thoughts on this. There's an F, a post from FPL Brit uh, about how to handle the current season. He says, give Liverpool the title, promote Leeds and West Brom, the two teams in first and second place of the championship. No teams are relegated. You play next season with 22 teams and five teams are relegated. He says, let the money man and insurance companies sort out the rest without risking further spread and without putting more lives at risk unnecessarily. So I think, you know, I think that's fine. I think that that I don't know how you can relegate three teams with an only – this is all assuming the season gets canceled. Um, I don't know how you relegate um, any teams, right? It just doesn't seem yeah. feasible, you know, given not all of them even played the same number of game weeks, right? You know, because of, you know, blanks that had to get made up. And so mm-hmm. d- that really doesn't seem doable. And, and I, I think they would be well within the rights to um, to have lawsuits against the Premier League, right? We're not talking about normal money here anymore. Like there's so much money in the Premier League that, you know, it costs you hundreds of millions of dollars, you know, to get relegated. No guarantee of ever coming back up, um, you know. Whereas you know, some teams can just skate by in you know seventeenth place for five years, you know, and just and just make a fortune, um, you know. So I think uh, I think that that if they were to come, if they were to cancel the season, and I actually think they probably are going to try to find a way to do something, um, that I think that they would just they would just pull two teams up and play with twenty two. I don't I don't see that as being a um, impossible thing to do um i mean we're not really in the realm of like the normal again here so there's no point looking at it through a normal lens like it's not it's not what they want to do but given the circumstances i think they could um i actually think you know this idea about you know playing um this summer you know like a shortened thing maybe they play all the matches at wembley or whatever and people are like well is, is it feasible you know to have them all in quarantine or in hotels and, you know, for, for, you know, a month and change or however long it takes to do this. And, you know, does that actually make any sense? And I mean, I, you know, speaking personally, you know, some of these, I mean, they make so much money, you know, it's like, if you gave me a couple million dollars to stay in a hotel oh for gosh, the next, come on. okay. What, what you, you don't agree with this or are you like, uh, I, I don't, I don't agree with this. Well, the whole, the whole, idea of money right now i find so troublesome because you're you're on the one hand saying saying this is this is unprecedented and Mm -hmm. what matters most and above all is people people's health the health of humans and the health of our society i never said that i was talking about i'm not talking about you okay okay yeah the general the general tone of like the conversation um like going back to um the 606 show right like robbie savage's preface prefaces everything with these platitudes of like well you know i'm gonna about to say something but let me be clear it only has to be done with the sanctioning by the government and when everyone's health and well-being is accounted for right um but the whole idea that i mean if you paid if if i got paid millions of dollars then i'd go be in a hotel room it that's i i do think that that's ridiculous i think it doesn't matter how much you get paid to ask you to leave your family during this time to ask you to 
live somewhere else and then be exposed to who knows what. And, and then there are all these uncertainties that come into play and you're asking, you know, there, while we're, while we're trying to prognostic prognosticate about how a season might be finished, the fact is we don't know anything about how this pandemic is going to continue on or continue to end. So to, just ask something of these players and for the excuse to be, well, I mean, you make millions of dollars, so just do it. I just don't well, agree with that. Yeah. I mean, I guess I wasn't necessarily thinking like they would be in like a tiny, like best Western type thing. You know, I mean, it's like if you're in like suites or I, I don't know, I, I don't really know. Or maybe it's like, you just have to like go straight home over these men. You know, I don't, I don't really know. I mean, obviously you need like massive testing. You need to test them every day. You need to have, to, I mean, you know, the, the, the issue to me is, you know, if you just lay down the marker and say, well, we just can't do this uh, reasonably. And I think you're very, re- I think your point is perfectly reasonable. I'm not sure I disagree with that, to be honest. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I, I was, I guess I was sp- speaking more about how, what I think is going to happen. Um, but mm-hmm. I think, um, and, and maybe what the rationale would be. Um, yeah. I, I mean, the money is incredible and, you know, it's, it's, it, it will be a major factor, you know, and um, I, I think the issue is that it's a bit of a sliding scale, right? I mean, if, you know, obviously June is, it's going to be a dangerous time still. July may not be better. August may not be better. September may not be better. And so, you know, if you kind of lay down the marker that you're not going to play until it's safe again, I, there's a very real chance that we just don't have football until 2021, um, which which might be, I mean, which is fine. You know, I mean, like uh-huh. I've gotten through the last two months with no sports <laughs> and I can continue uh-huh. to. It will... I mean, clubs will fold, you know, for sure. And I mean, it may not be Premier League clubs, but it'll have a cascading effect, I think, on, on the world. I mean, you can't just remove all the money and players won't be able to get paid either. But can't you, you know. remove all the money? Money is a fiction. Money is an absolute fiction. Yeah, but people... Governments people, can print more. <laughs> people create budgets. I mean, yeah, but like, you know, like every, like they, they pay, like players get paid, staff gets paid, vendors get paid, like... That, that that stuff's all budgeted out, right? Like, you know, yeah. you're able to like stay at your current job because there's an expectation that revenue will continue to come in that will allow you to stay on the clock, you know, or to stay on the, on the payroll. And so, you know, I mean, yeah, like, yeah, like a government can print money, but they're not just going to, they're not going to print money to keep Arsenal solvent, you know, foreign ownership, you know, it's, I, I don't know. So, I mean, like, I think it's a, it may not be a bad thing. I mean, I think, you know, money yeah. is like a hugely corrupting influence we see it in american sports even just as much as we see in the premier league i wouldn't say even more because i mean in premier league you literally have giant advertisements on the front of jerseys right it's like it's like the most off-putting thing to me when i first started getting into into the premier league nicholas bentner even has advertisements on his underwear so you know the game's gone yeah well it's you know and it's like i mean you you sort of get used to it but it's it, it isn't cool or pretty it's 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 disgusting and like everything that's you know all the stuff that i mean there's no better example of this than like everything that was being discussed with the expansion of the champions league right like the ultimate like Mm -hmm. we don't even care about the fans anymore like the you know it's just all about massive international tv deals that we can sign you know yeah yeah. football is no longer a community sport it's a it's a broadcast and we own it exactly exactly um and so yeah. I mean, so I, I don't really know. I mean, I actually don't, I really don't disagree with anything you just said. I mean, I don't really know how to make it safe either. I, I do think that there is like, you know, but I, I also think that like, it may be, um, I mean, at some point you may just have to, 
I don't really know. I mean, honestly, I don't really know what to say. Yeah, I, I mean, I think, it's like a, it's, it feels like I'm about I, to I say like. I don't think like, you have to say them, anything. Yeah, put themselves at risk, which I don't really want to do. Right. The discussion that we just had, I think, was like was the various sides of the argument, and I think what like um, a lot of people are talking about the the morality of starting the season back. They're talking about the financial risks, and I think. I don't hear a lot of people willing to go that extra additional step of beyond football of how the, the, the capitalist market that exists around the world is to use your word, just corrupting everything. This is not about football. This is about the influence of the free market that, uh, is, is now put us in this situation of, should we put people's lives at risk to <laughs> right. save a thing? Because there's so, it's, yeah, it's there's so much it, money in the Premier League. You're right. I mean, viewed through that lens, it, it kind of is awful. You know, it's awful to even, even think that way. Mm-hmm. You know, I think um, to to bring this back to FPL, uh, I, you know, to answer Vinyl Rich's question, no, I have not made my Game Week 37 transfer yet. Uh, and I, I probably won't. Uh, but uh, <laughs> to – I refuse. But I think, you know, it viewed through a slightly more positive lens, at least from my perspective, as somebody who loves FPL and fantasy and loves and wants the biggest possible tent, um, not just because it helps our podcast, but just because it's fun when you know people who are playing the game and you can talk to them about it. Um, I think, you know, if there are no fans in the stands, you know, for a year or for a season, you know, um, whatever if the Premier League comes back, whether it is in January 2021, um, I think that you could see a lot more people in- invested in fantasy and sort of looking at it as a, as a fun outlet, right? I mean, you don't have to put any money down, right? You can just log in, join for free and play, you know, and invite eight of your friends or whatever. Um, and so, you know, I think it could be, um, it, we're all a little more connected digitally now than we were two months ago. Um, and so, mm-hmm. you know, it could be that people are, I don't know. Like, uh, you know, so that's, I, I guess I felt like I wanted to add this on a slightly hopeful note because there's really no, like, yeah. there's no, there's I, no like hopeful I, note I, to end I, like the like late stage <laughs> capitalism, like <laughs> thread that we were sort of. No, I think, just I think you're totally our, right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you're right. And the premier league has everything to gain from, um, trying to get FPL up and running and they have the ability to keep that content mine going as well. I mean, the uh, James Richardson's FPL podcast, their TV show with Jules Breach and James Richardson. We've seen so many like streaming video shows uh, happening during this time. We can have as much FPL content as we had before. It's just a matter of getting us to that point where we actually um, have an FPL game to bet on. So, yeah, that's the hope. And I and I do genuinely hope we get there, too. You know, d- yeah. despite my my socialist uh, viewpoint, apparently, that I um, didn't know <laughs> well, I felt so strongly about 10 minutes ago, um, I do truly, truly, truly desire the Premier League and FPL to come back well, ASAP. Yeah. And, and, and for the record, I mean, you know, you and I aren't, aren't exactly coming at this from opposing points of view here. But um, even though it kind of seemed like we were for a minute there, you know, I think one of the things that I like about fantasy is that it it does allow you a level of ownership over your fan experience you know that you are able to create your own game within a game and i am mm-hmm. not beholden to whether stan Kroenke opens his you know checkbook widely enough to to buy some player you know or, or you know or like just like you know like I, the kind of like 
overwhelming corporateness of it all, you know, whether Man City can just buy basically, you know, effectively buy the title for every five seasons. You know, that is that is a secondary concern to me because my primary concern is is fantasy, you know, which is like a weird thing to say, but yeah. like but I think it's fine. It's just an entry point. I mean, I know I can name eighty-five percent of the players in the Premier League, you know, I can name the non-Sheffield United ones by sight, you know, it's like, you can really like, you know, I know a lot about what's, <laughs> what's going on in the game. <laughs> They're all kind of blend together. Um, you know, so it's just an entry point. Um, and it's a way to enjoy the game. I still love, I mean, when you're watching the matches, it's not like I'm like, uh, you know, running calculations you know, at least not most of the time, you know, I'm just enjoying the game yeah. and living it, living and dying with, with the free kicks and the corners and, and all the other things that people love. It's just that I don't have to spend any energy at all, really getting mad about, the corporate part of it. Cause I can sort of have my little corner, yeah. um, you know, where yeah. that I, that I, that I can make that, that I can make fun for me. Here's the deal, Josh. We can't have a mailbag episode where we just talk about one question that was, issued. <laughs> we are, we had more questions in the mailbag than this. Yeah. So yeah. let us move on. Rob Butler asks what players will play well in empty stadiums. So Rob is assuming, right? The premier league is open for business without fans. What players will play well in empty stadiums and what players will struggle? Big Eagle players will struggle. I think these are Rob's thoughts. And down to earth, nice guys, the Santi Cazorlas of this world, Josh, will be okay. Yeah. Uh, hope you're both surviving these odd times. So, what do you think, Josh? Uh, who's going to fare best yeah. uh, without fans in the stadium? I think Rob. I understand this his sentiment. I think he's actually completely wrong. I think if anything, it's the it's the opposite. Um, I think that big ego players are psychotic. And borderland sociopaths, and do not need anything in order to like 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 yeah. the way Aguero is hardwired to score and and like in that and like with, with a with a kind of bloodthirsty devotion, you know, is something that mm. he I, I one one suspects that he would do that in front of zero people or a hundred thousand people with exactly the same level of of ferocity. Uh, whereas I actually think yeah, that the, I, I, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, I was trying to get out of bed, uh, two mornings ago and pulled up Instagram and Manchester city served me in a video of every single goal Sergio Aguero has scored for Manchester city. So I said, honey, <laughs> I'm going to be a minute. Um, and you're, you're totally right. Like, um, man, that was a magical, like hour long video that I watched. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you think about Luis Suarez. Luis Suarez is not biting Bronislav Ivanovic because fans are present. He's no. biting Ivanovic because he wants to bite Ivanovic um, <laughs> and he doesn't care about you. So yeah, I'm totally with you. Yeah, exactly. They're sociopaths. You know, they have no conscience. You know, this is a, you know, not, not in the worst way. They're not serial killers, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so would we then presume that the nice guys and gals who uh, play in front of those audiences, they're – they're sort of um, because you are nice, you're probably nice because you believe in this idea of society and it, it, performing seems to be kind of a strong word here. But the nice guys appear nice because they're they're putting on that level of performance in front of you. And without the fan, are the nice guys even nice anymore? Yeah, I, I, you know, I honestly think everyone would probably be fine. I, I you know, I, I don't really know that the, I mean, it's kind of interesting because I, I was thinking about this question earlier and 
I mean, I'm sure there's data about this, right? Because there are a bunch of Champions League games that have been played in front of empty stadiums. And so, um, you know, it, it would be probably fairly straightforward to to look this up. Um, you know, and I'd be curious, um, you know, what the, what the data says, um, you know, sort of comparing comparable matches and full stadiums versus empty ones. Um, but... I feel like the, the, you know, they, they're just they're like they're so well. I mean, they train in empty like they, you know they they don't train in front of the fans. They don't really, you know, most of them don't play in you know in places where they grew up with like you know with people watching them all the time. And so I don't know. I feel like it's kind of um, I, I think that I think they would all be fine. I don't really see it uh, having a significant difference on um, on the matches. I you know I, I don't know. I mean, what do you think? Yeah, I think you're right, and. Um... Sort of just to uh, jump back to the whole idea of the amount of money that these players get paid, regardless of the amount they get paid, this is a profession, it's a job, and sure they play with passion, but you know, this is like they're hardwired for this and they've run through all the paces. Uh, there's this thing that Kevin De Bruyne said in an interview, I think it was like two years ago, he was speaking to playing under Pep Guardiola and he said, it's great. I step onto the pitch and I don't have to think like I know when I receive the ball or when I don't have the ball, I know exactly what I have to do because I've been trained that way. Um, sociopath. And I think I, so I, (laughs) so yeah, what I'm saying is Kevin De Bruyne is like a legitimate sociopath. Um, but yeah, these, these guys going through the motions for these guys is going through the motions at such a high level that we can barely comprehend so far as we can see on a TV broadcast. So um, yeah, they the game probably wouldn't be that much different. I suspect the goal celebrations would be the things that would suffer. <laughs> yeah, and VAR would be weird in an empty stadium too. That would be a that'd be a bizarre experience. No, Who would fans. be there to boo. Yeah, that's true. I guess it'd probably be fine actually. Um, yeah, I think um, someone had this idea that um, I think there was, it was an American fan had this idea. I think it was for the NCAA tournament when there's still an idea that like they might be able to do it. And they were like, you know, it's like, yeah, obviously you need to play these with no fans, but every team gets to pick one fan. <laughs> and that fan is like the designated wow. fan for that game. <laughs> and they get to just run around uh-huh. by themselves, like screaming and cheering. And yeah, uh, they just stay yeah. socially distant from the other fans. And I, I love the idea of just one Arsenal supporter just running up and down, you know, like just like two yeah. hours of like full on mayhem, just like screaming and, and cheering. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's funny. Um, at Craven Cottage, they're rebuilding the Riverside stand right now. So it's totally torn down. It's just all mm-hmm. scaffolding. And I forget the name of the guy, but he's referred to as Builder Boy um, on Instagram. And he has an amazing Insta. So go follow uh, like Fulham Builder Boy. And he's this guy who's just there in a bright orange vest. And Fulham got him to stand in the scaffolding and wave a, a, a black and white checkered flag just so it didn't look so naked standing there. There was at nice. least something going on the fact is though it's still like a guy in a cautionary vest waving a flag that's something kind of inherently sad about it so yeah i think that we should have a builder boy representative at all of these um empty stadiums i think that's a fantastic idea uh, all right we got a couple more questions here um red dagger says which premier league player would look the most sexy playing with a mask on serious answers only all right, Brennan, you know what my answer is going to be. So let's, yeah, you start off here. 
This one is a is an easy one for me, and it's Felipe Anderson at West Ham. Uh, cool uh, haircut, very handsome guy, mm-hmm. and I don't think he's shortchanged at all by putting a mask on him. I think you still get the full the full magnificence there. So yeah, Felipe Anderson with a bullet. I like that. Well, you and I have been doing this Premier League, uh, the Premier League's weekly quiz show. Uh, and they do this thing <laughs> where it's like they show you the bottom half of somebody, the eyes and the hairline of somebody. It's like three different people and you have to figure out who the three different people are. So it is very freaky just seeing a pair of eyes by themselves. It is like a weird uh, – <laughs> yeah, you really – you notice uh-huh. like everything that's going on in the eye in the eyebrows. It wouldn't be – you know, for me – as I get older, I you know I, like every day it's like one new eyebrow takes some weird like right turn you know it's like one new eyebrow hair it's like <laughs> it's like really yeah, yeah. Uh, it's yeah it's a, I don't know what's going on like why why does that happen as you start to get older I have no idea why that's what's going on there <laughs> all right Andy uh, Rooney come on <laughs> I know. anyway uh, I think it's uh, the answer is simple Brandon it's one Mata I mean come on uh, beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful it had eyes. To be one. Yeah, you can see the a little the little hint of the uh, five o'clock shadow kind of look that he's got. Um, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. I think uh, yeah, it could only be one, Brandon, and uh, it's it is it is one mod, of course. Uh, all right, final question here from Dave Wagner Lodal. He says, "My main thought in watching Sunderland till I die in Take Us Home Leeds United, which I actually don't haven't seen. Have you seen Take Us Home Leeds United? Neither me. No, 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 I haven't." Uh, you know, I have to look into this. Uh, is what club I would you I didn't even buy? know it existed, to be honest with you. Likewise. Uh, yeah. Uh, I know. We did a whole we did a whole episode on sports movies, but uh, it sounds like a documentary maybe. Uh, is what club would you buy if you were a millionaire or billionaire? Which would you consider the history, current league, stadium, fan base, and location? Uh, London or Manchester, easier to travel from New York City, et cetera. So – if you were a, let's just say billionaire, let's, you know, maybe billionaire, but if you're a billionaire, you could buy big or small. So we'll, let's say you're a billionaire. Um, which club would you, Brandon Kelly, buy? Maybe try to take your own fandom out of the question, if possible. Yeah. I mean, this is why I'm a Fulham supporter. And it's like the easy answer. It seems like for like 90% of all uh fa related questions it's like oh fulham that's fine like yeah um nice fans normal fans quaint stadium very posh part of london uh it's great i if i take that out of it i think i'm gonna go watford here and let me tell you why um you know watford it's it's not like a it's not within like the london city like it's it's just a little just enough removed from the the, the hustle and bustle, but yeah. it's not off in the middle of nowhere. Right. Yeah. And they also have this great history with Elton John. And I feel like I'm not saying it's easy to fill the shoes of Elton John because mm-hmm. I mean anything, but, but still I feel like the legacy that Elton John will leave at Watford is a friendly one. I mean, rocket man, yeah. come on, who doesn't love Elton John? And um, I, I feel like it's just, that makes me feel like it's, it's nice. And I'm a nice guy. I'm kind of like Elton John. You yeah. can sing like him. A lot like him. But, you know, it's uh, weird. weird. Very strangely, on our on our, our drive today, we put on um we found a best of Elton John on Spotify. And that was what we listened to the whole morning on the drive out. So that's a weird uh connection point. I don't know. I I don't know why I did that. I don't know what compelled me to put on the best of Elton John. Anyway, um I think it's an excellent question. What about I you? Think, 
Yeah, I mean, I was, so it was, it's a fun thing to think about, um, especially if you, if you take your own fandom out of the equation for a minute. I mean, Arsenal is is a tempting club, um, even even removing the fandom from it. Um, Manchester United is tempting if, if your goal is to make as much money as possible. I think that's, that's probably, probably the most potential. Um, but yeah, in terms of places that I would want to be able to visit from America, I think you do have to look at the at the London clubs. I mean, I guess if you're a billionaire, you'll be able to fly anywhere, but let's, let's, let's say that you want to make it easy. You want to go to good restaurants and all that, all that, all that sort of thing. Um, you know, I, I feel like I might still be scarred by the way, from our absolutely miserable, uh, train rides, <laughs> um, up to Manchester oh, and back uh, yeah. when we were there. Uh, yeah. it's going to haunt me for, for a while still. Uh, but I, you mm-hmm. know, so I think, so I'm thinking London area. I think that, I think Watford is, is a good pick, but, Issue with Watford is, and the same issue with Fulham, uh, too much relegation worry for me. You know, a little too mm-hmm. a little too concerned about that. Um, and so I think Chelsea would be the club that I would pick. Um, mm-hmm. I like that location. You know, like th- th- that's probably like my North, North London. You know, you know, when I went to the, the Emirates, it's a, it's a it's a nice it's a nice area up there. Um, and uh, but I you know, but Chelsea's a little more in the in the heart of London and. Um, I don't know. I feel like that's, that's like a slightly like, you know, I could see myself like buying like a really nice apartment, you know, next to the stadium <laughs> or something like that. that yeah, it, yeah, it's yeah. And, and it's a it's a little westerly and it's nice over there for sure. And, Super posh. For you sure. know, if yeah, yeah. you you could uh, it's like, um, yeah, you step in for what's his name? The Russian oligarch. Uh, um, yeah. Abramovich. Abramovich. Yeah. 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 You know, he's like an unknowable uh, weirdo character. And then you'll be just this bright, shining, positive American. Mm-hmm. They'll love you. Oh, I think so, too. Handsome as all get out. Charismatic. <laughs> Who's... <you> know, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, what's I mean, your first target? Yeah. What's your first what's your first target for Chelsea when you become the owner? So Frank <sighs> Lampard's manager. Yeah. Uh, Tammy Abraham is the striker. Yeah. What's the first thing you want to change there? Oh yeah, that's if I, if I could buy anyone play. That's I mean I, I'm sure they're like younger. Like I mean, Jaden Sancho is actually the one who comes to mind immediately because mm-hmm. uh, you know you could just you know I, I think he could play with with Tammy and uh, uh, you know young um, young British player um, destined to you know play a hundred plus caps for England over the next you know fifteen years. Uh, so as long as you had him, you'd have like a massive kind of built in fan base in England and probably you know, um, throughout the world. And, uh, I don't know. So that's, that's sort of where I'm, that's where I would go with my first transfer. What about you? If you, if you took over Watford, you know, you're probably in, you know, I don't know, mm-hmm. 17th place, uh, just trying to stay up. You're probably going to go mm-hmm. for one of those like small, like, <laughs> like a Ukrainian defender or something, right. It's going to be, uh, yeah, you, yeah. You've got to get a loanee from the Turkish league. That's not going to pan out. <laughs> no, um, I, I've got two choices. Either I dissolve the club, um, which, you know, is enticing. Or um, I make Troy Deeney player manager. And I think that I will go for the latter. <laughs> Troy Deeney playing and managing at the same time will be finishing in 12th place before you know it. 
That is a great question. If you could buy one Premier League club just so that you could dissolve it, <laughs> so that it never, <laughs> it never played another yeah. match, <laughs> like, like you were some kind of like a, a hedge fund, you know, just like a, yeah, um, right. yeah uh, God, what club would I destroy? I don't know. That's that, maybe it's a scary to answer. <laughs> it's a great that power. One. Yeah, With great power to, comes great responsibility. Yeah, it gets in too much trouble if we answer this one. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. so. It's best to move on. Best to move on. Yeah, let's say Bolton Wanderers. And move on. Um, all right. Yeah. So um, actually, that's 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 it for the football mailbag, Brandon. We have a uh, uh, we got a lightning round coming up here, but let's take a quick break and we'll get to the lightning round. All right, Brandon. With currently no Premier League, NBA, NHL, or Major League Baseball, you may think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, you've heard us talk about them before, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, you and I know all about poker. We have a weekly poker game recently that's been a lot of fun with a little, some old friends. Uh, they're bringing Vegas to you. I also love how poker kind of sounds like Poku. So um, for all those Poku fans out <laughs> there, that's um, actually, check out Bet Online. Yeah, you were just Googling Poku, actually, and you found out about poker and you got you got excited and sort of went down the I just got into it. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, missing the NFL? No problem. Bet Online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can bet on. You can also bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. Let's hope that actually happens this July, Brandon. Mm-hmm. I really, it's a, a rite of, I don't know, rite of passage. I don't know. It's an annual tradition, certainly here in uh, New York. Uh, rite of passage to go, but yep. I've never actually gone, so maybe it's not. Uh, all open 24 hours a day and all online. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. Bet online, your online wagering solution. That's not all, Joshua. Today, we also have a sponsor from Blue Chew. Guys, are you looking to last longer and go a few extra rounds? Get to BlueChew.com. BlueChew.com has the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level. They've got the same active ingredients that are in Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And since they're chewable, they work faster. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Plus, you don't need to go to the doctor's office or spend time waiting in the pharmacy line. Blue Chew's online physician is free of cost, and once approved, your order ships straight to your door in discreet packaging. Here's a great deal for you guys. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first order free when you use the promo code BLUEWIRE. That's all one word, BLUEWIRE. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code BLUEWIRE. All right, Brandon, it's been a while since we've had a lightning round question. I like this one, though, and it reminds me of a pivotal moment in the early days of our friendship. Sam Danby, mm-hmm. by the way, Brandon, you and I still have not, because we didn't get a chance to meet up uh, at any point uh, at the Black Horse this spring, we don't have had a chance to wear the awesome shirts that Sam Danby got us. I want, them to, mm-hmm. I want us to wear them together. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, Sam Danby's just an awesome guy, a longtime <laughs> Patreon supporter. He says, what do you Josh and Brandon consider to be a life-changing amount of money. Excellent question. One I <laughs> one it's fun to think about. And certainly when you're not uh in non-pandemic times, even more fun to think about. 
Yeah, for for some people, a life changing amount of money, right, is just getting like a salary any sort right of check now. from yeah. the federal government. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or, right, right, or anything. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and uh, perhaps a good time for me to plug the GoFundMe for the Black Horse Pub. We yeah. have a link in the show notes, um, and if you want to su- support the out of work staff of our favorite pub to watch premier league matches the black horse just uh yeah. check out the show notes but um which many have and thank you again to oh yes everyone who has contributed to the black horse you are children of the sun and we we love you um it does remind me of a story from many years ago it was a discussion that you and i josh had right when we moved to new york so we were young young professionals looking to make our start uh the summer of 2005 and you had posed this question to me late late at night at a bar, like, what what is Chicago money to you? So we're we're from the Midwest where Chicago is the metropolis, but we've made the leap to come to the East Coast. Um and I had said you remembered me saying something like fifty thousand annual salary. I remember it as sixty. But that begat this whole conversation of like, really? Like is that a low amount of money or is that just the right amount of money for you mm-hmm. to totally uproot yourself and change your life again? And, um, you know, uh, how many years on like 15 years later, um, is, is the conversation about money the same type of conversation as it was back then? Yeah. It's, it's interesting because I mean, you know, I remember, um, moving to New York and in, you know, I really was one of the, like, it's one of the, you know, I don't know, a lot of people have done this. And so I'm not unique in this regard, but I, um, many people have done this. Um, that's, you know, but, um, you know, I better move here with, I, I had no job, no place to live and no money <laughs> when I moved here, uh, 15 years mm-hmm. ago. And so, uh, you know, so at various times, uh, life-changing money has been, you know, uh, making $10 an hour or getting my first salary job or whatever. And so, you, it's interesting how, you know, but at this point, yeah, like even something, you know, something that is a lot of money in and of itself would not necessarily be life changing. It would have to be like you know, something that you, you, you could like buy an apartment with it, you know? So it'd be like, or at least like put a massive down payment down on it, right? Like, you know, like $300,000 if you just like deposited that in an account, that would change my life, you know? But I think yeah. otherwise, like I, I'm sort of doing what I want to be doing, you know? And so um, I don't want to change my life, really, you know? I just would like, it'd be nice, like, you know, so any, I don't know that how much anything could change my life right now. I mean, outside of some, you know, something bad happening, you know, but in a good way, it feels like, um, yeah, like maybe one day we're, you know, uh, who knows, you know, like obviously like, you know, the podcast is a huge project and it'd be great if we, you know, kept building on that. But like, it's, I think more, you know, if, if, if sort of my life and the track it's on is what it is, then money is not going to change that too much, you know, um, no matter how much it is. Yeah. I look back at Dave Wagner Lodal's question based on Sunderland till I die. Like what club would you buy um, if you were able to buy any club? And it is another fascinating thing of what drives somebody like the takeover that's imminent at Newcastle from the Saudi regime. Um, what's driving that purchase? And I think most people that, that buy football clubs, especially when you look at the, you know, Sunderland till I die is the motivating factor is oftentimes vanity boredom, or just like, I want a toy. And, um, it, it's an, it's a good reminder of how money is just truly bizarre. And you could view money as being 
corrupting or villainous, or you could also view money as absolutely abstract and something that won't make you happy one way or the other. Um, I, I, I just find it so fascinating what drives these really wealthy people to invest in football clubs that often bring them like nothing but headaches. Um, (laughs) They just must love the ego trip. I think it's the ego trip. I think for for a certain kind of per, like it's like you know um, I mean you see it in Succession you know uh, great great show and you know nobody's nobody seems remotely happy on that show you know um, and it's like there's like a like you know it's like for the kind of people who make a ton of money it doesn't seem like they you know their whole value system is so different than mine you know and so it's like if I got life changing money would that just change my value system if so I don't really want that you know i don't really want that to be Mm -hmm. in my life and so yeah and so it's kind of a luxury to think about what you do with a lot of money um but i still remember what it was like to to even get to where i am now you know and so um Mm -hmm. i don't know it's an it's interesting question i mean it's 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 worth thinking about you know um, especially now sure uh when you're sort of like all right like my goals may have to change (laughs) you know based on you know i'm in x industry and that industry may not exist in the next six months you know and so um, I don't know. So maybe it's always a sliding scale. Sometimes it slides up, sometimes it slides down. And, um, yeah, right. I, I don't know. It's always been that way. I suppose the life changing thing is just to not have to think about it. I think people that worry about money day to day, week to week, wish that they didn't have to. And I think, you know, us, uh, talking about this podcast, it would be great if we didn't have to worry about money and we could just sit around goofing around and do this podcast. Yeah. And that was really the only thing that apart from our families that we had to focus on. So, um, maybe one day, Brandon, I'm crossing my fingers. You can't see it, but I'm crossing <laughs> my fingers. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's there. There, I feel like we could go on. Yeah. This has been like the money pod in the end, all, all cash discussions. Um, but I think it's in everybody's mind, uh, based on everything that's happening in the world. So it seems kind of appropriate but uh on that note brandon um but we're doing fine thank goodness and hopefully most people who are listening are doing fine too uh i wouldn't presume to know but i hope that i hope that most people are doing okay um so thank you for listening uh if you would like to support the podcast you can go to patreon.com slash always cheating uh even you know if if all you want to do is just become a patreon supporter so they can go on slack and talk with people about football and Sabutio? Is that how you say that game? There's a massive Sabutio discussion today. (laughs) Um, And uh, apparently Sabutio sucks, according to most of our uh, slackers out there. Never Um, played it. Yeah, didn't even know how to say it. Yeah. Uh, So uh, if you just want to join a community of uh, of more or less goofy people, uh, then then you can uh, support the podcast at the lowest tier and get access to uh, that Slack. Um, so yeah, but, uh, Brandon, let's do a quick, and that's patreon.com slash always cheating. Uh, can you do a quick thank you to our patrons, Brandon, our, our, our producer patrons, I should say. Yes. Much love and respect to our producers for their support of the podcast. And that's Trevor Ingerson, Mike DiPietro, Chris Howell, Andy Penn, Chris Carter, Martin Savage, Brian T, to Big Gaffer, Bobas Coon, Jeff Husby, Ben Grant, James Holland, Jazz Binning, Jazz Binning, the black horse bartender extraordinaire, as mentioned, Go to the show notes for a link to the Black Horse GoFundMe page to help support our out-of-work uh, bartenders at the Always Cheating HQ. Also, producer Dave Wagner, Lodal, Nick Wright, Jim Payne, Brian Chin, Blair Jacobson, Frederick Keen, Gransky, Travis West, Alan Creasy, Victor Forberg-Skoging, Paul Hertzig, Kai Christine Lelang, Stian Niehaus, Barry McGuire, Peter Bodexell, Andy Portlock, 
There's more, Josh. Toothless Gibbon, <laughs> Andy Martin, Lindsey Rostel, Andy, Anton Markov, FPLmerch.com, and also James Conroy. Listen, you're trapped at home. You have nothing to do. Why not just idly navigate yourself over to the Apple podcast page for Always Cheating? Give us five stars. If you got an extra minute, write a review saying, Josh and Brandon, cool guys. Thank you very much for the <laughs> podcast. Um, we're also available for you to subscribe. You never miss an episode. Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Acast, wherever fine podcasts are sold. Sold? They're not sold. They're, these podcasts are free. Um, yeah, wherever, we'll, we'll see. Free, wherever fine. Hopefully it stays that way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and we're uh, all over social media, Twitter at Hail Cheaters, Instagram at Hail Cheaters, Facebook.com slash Always Cheating. Send us an email at HailCheaters at gmail.com and uh, visit our website, AlwaysCheating.com, where our Always Cheating shop is. Uh, we got a recent order for the Always Cheating coffee mug that I saw oh, yeah. just went out. From the warehouse a couple of days ago, so yeah, it was open for business still. Yeah, we, we keep forgetting to mention the shop at the top of the podcast. Every every episode we get to the end, and we're like, oh, we should mention that earlier. But yeah, if you are looking for um, a mug or a t shirt or a sweatshirt, um, uh, go to alwaystudio.com and you can check out our shop. And there's some really cool designs there. In fact, we ordered some sweatshirts, Brandon. I think those are those are coming soon, right? Uh, or if you have not ordered yeah, them, I think this is a just... reminder to do them. <laughs> no um the the warehouse that does all of our uh swag you know they're they're operating um safely so there's a longer turnaround time so i just saw josh that your sweatshirt shipped um yes like just before the coffee mug i just mentioned so it should be should be on your doorstep imminently wonderful wonderful uh all right so uh thank you for listening once again and uh everyone has a safe and happy week and we'll be back most likely next week. I mentioned before we we are considering taking a short break for a week or two. Uh, if so, we'll um, we'll let you know um, in advance. Um, you know, or like next week, uh, what we decide to do. But um, some of that is contingent really on what happens with the Bundesliga because if there is pending upcoming Bundesliga football, then I think that would give us a fun. Um, you know, sort of regular topic of conversation on this podcast. Um, so yeah. otherwise we might recharge the batteries for a couple weeks. It's got to be done. Much like, much like Poku, uh, who he's been recharging in Miami for years now. <laughs> he's ready. Yeah. <laughs> stick him on Dorman. All right. Uh, All right. We'll see. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.